to Queers at Play episode 11, the podcast that is sounding more and more like a misguided instalment in the Star Wars film series. Um, I am joined as ever by the wonderful Mark. Hi. And Ruben. Hello. Uh, we have lots of little bits of news, I think, this week. Nothing nothing stand out, but lots of little bits that we're going to discuss. Um, <clears throat> so let's dive straight in and let's talk about Celeste 2. Lani's Trek, which has surprise dropped as a browser game. Um, yeah, so this is, I believe this is a sequel to the original browser version, or the, yeah, the original browser version of Celeste, as yes. opposed to a sequel to the Switch platformer that was a remake of the browser version. Indeed, I think it's also known as Celeste <laughs> Classic 2. It appears to have multiple names in, in an endeavour to confuse us. God, this is going Kingdom Hearts really quick. <laughs> I that when you were describing what the, what it was the sequel to, I started zoning out as I do when people describe where the the King, King Hearts timeline fits. And Ruben, I'm looking at you as our resident Celeste expert on the super podcast. fans, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to say that they they have explicitly said on numerous times that there would never be a sequel to Celeste. Um, but I think what they mean is they're never going to make a sequel to the console release of Celeste. So don't expect to see this ported to Switch or PlayStation anytime soon. Well, there we go. I think that is probably about all we have to say about that, unless I'm mistaken. We'll catch you on the next episode of Quiz and Play. <laughs> not not going to lie. Um, <laughs> quickest episode ever. Um <laughs> Not going to lie, that was pretty much in there, mostly so that I could troll uh, Ruben. Um, I don't so we... hate <laughs> Celeste. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny. Uh, so with that over and done with, uh, moving on. Next thing we've got, um, Four Guys 3.5, uh, we've got new information about, aka, to give it its full name, Season 3.5, stop with the yeets, name it anything else, just don't include the word yeet, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> um, how are we feeling about 3.5 coming along I enjoyed the tweet and the name <laughs> of it <laughs> it's, it's the, clearly the social team at that with Fall Guys at Media Mediatonic isn't it um, yep. they know what they're fucking doing <laughs> it like so they, it, it's one of the most brilliant responses I have seen in, in gaming social media and really I haven't played Full guys since Christmas, so I might give three point five a pun. Yeah, and um, obviously, you've, so you've played you've played three mm. um, because that was out at Christmas. Um, understanding is we're going to get a, a brand new level. Uh, there are going to be forty plus new variations of existing levels. Um, Sonic is going to be available in the regular store, um, and of course, and don't don't forget the goose and the goose and the goose game. Yes, and Godzilla. Uh, I was mainly mentioning Sonic because I know Ruben loves Sonic. Um, and why well, you love Sonic too, Will? Yeah. This is this is this is you love you love Sonic as much as Ruben loves Celeste. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, although concerningly, I have been considering whether me playing Sonic again would be a suitable incentive on stream. But that's a, that's a whole different. Yes. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd make dummy accounts to follow you just to make that happen. Well, there we go. Um... <laughs> And also, the Sonic in Fall Guys is cursed. Fuck, 
that's a horror horrifying looking thing is it is it more cursed than the original sonic movie sonic i okay real talk for a second i would have loved the movie i would love a director's cut of the movie with the original version of sonic for that movie there was something like... so disturbing about that visual design that I would have loved to see a full movie of that. That would be like the film that had Kevin Spacey in it, but was then refilmed with... I can't remember who it was refilmed with. It was refilmed with someone else in its entirety. Um, it would be like see, comparing the two versions. It would be fascinating. A fascinating exercise <laughs> in... Um, versus a good performance. Um Speaking of films, Borderlands is going to be movie-fied. Where the well, f- this is an, this is <laughs> sorry. Ruben. Where the fuck did this come from? Like, yeah, uh, clearly I don't pay attention to, to to video game movie tie-ins, but this seemed to come out of nowhere. Unless I've missed all of the signs for it. I think it's one of those things that was announced quite a long time ago, and. Nobody thought it was actually going to happen, and then all of a sudden, there's casting news. Yeah, everyone's um, everyone's assumed it was just in development hell, and it appears to have marginally progressed through that hell. It, it's like Ruben to give you an analogy that you might understand. It's like um, a film that's on its fourth run of Hades, um, and it's still trying to make progress through hell, and it may or may not eventually get there. I love that analogy. <laughs> 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 because if you if you just give all the al- analogies to me in Hades things, I'll I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite timely because uh, Ruben and I have both been playing through Borderlands Two mm. recently. Um, so there's you know we've, we've got some great understanding there of, of what's going on. How's it? How's oh, it holding Ruben, up? Ruben's a great fan of Claptrap. Fuck that character! What a <laughs> what an absolute. <laughs> One of the most irritating characters manifested in video games, I think. I mean, yes, intentionally so, though, I think. Yeah, definitely intentionally so, but I think that's worse. Yeah, maybe, but they succeeded. Oh, yeah, they succeeded, but at at what cost? (laughs) The other um, um, non-games media, if that makes sense... Uh, that's been announced uh, in the past couple of weeks is the Tomb Raider anime. Wow, not just that. Also a sequel to the recent Tomb Raider reboot mm. has also been announced. Which I quite liked that. Which is film. which is rumoured as... Oh, yeah, no, that... that well, similarly, it's a film that's been... That's a film that's been in development for a while. Um, and as I understand it, it's just making some progress. Uh, it's got a director attached to it and things. Mm. I mean, I've not seen... I, I need to watch the Tomb Raider reboot one. I've got such a soft spot in my heart for the Angelina Jolie ones that I w- when I saw they were rebooting, I was like, no, no, fuck it. Um, like the old man, old bitter gaming nerd that I am. But it is a, it is a lady of a camera and she is a goddess. Um, yeah, and it fair. is, it's certainly, it's as different from the uh, original films as the recent Tomb Raider reboots are different from the original Tomb Raider games. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely more in the in the in the Tomb Raider rebooted games vein. Mm-hmm. Although while we're on the subject of Tomb Raider, they've also I believe they've mentioned recently about merging the two sets of games in some future mm. timeline thing. But so how? I think I think well, so I think as far as I understand, as someone who's kind of slightly, I'm I'm 
new Tomb Raider fan, have not really played classic Tomb Raider. Um, looking from the outside, as far as I understand, I think that's I think it's predominantly rumor at the moment. I don't think it's announcement. I think it's rumored that the next game is gonna somehow bring bring polygon breasts and um and ooh, I've just killed someone for the first time together in some kind of intriguing way. Well, they would need to if they were doing that. They would need to remove Last Revelation from canon for that to work because Last Revelation showed you Lara's first raiding of a tomb. So they'd need to remove that one from canon for that to work. It would work with 1, 2, and 3 because 1, 2, and 3, if if we had 1, 2, and 3 following on from Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I think that would work. Mm. Unless they're going down like the um, multiverse in the Lara verse, kind of multi, multi, multiple dimension Laras, yeah. Or, or they're going to publish some kind of Hyrule Historia style complicated timeline of how <laughs> of how in every generation there is a Lara. Uh, <laughs> I just totally lose us all. All of these are great ideas. I like the idea of an <laughs> Enter the Lara verse movie. One of them. <gasps> yes, they could. They could have Angelina Jolie and Alicia Vikander in and, the same film, and a CG animated Polygon Tits one <laughs> as well. It'd be amazing. be amazing. And the butler who just gets stuck in the freezer and this is never is let out ever again. Yeah, but sure. made out of blocks like he is in the original, so he looks like a, <laughs> um, a slightly advanced, uh, only slightly advanced Minecraft character. That's Fine. exactly what I was thinking. Minecraft was where my mind was going uh, for sure. Um, so moving on from adaptations, um, one of the other things we've had drop very recently is the Balance Wonderworld demo. Um, and I've, I've stuck this on and I'm looking to you, Ruben, as I know that you've been anticipating the game. How has yes. the demo been? Um, it would seem that I'm at odds with everyone else when it comes to Balance Wonderworld. Um, because I actually had quite a good time with the trip with the with the demo. Um, I got it um, in advance to preview um, for the sixth access, and I actually had a really good time with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a decent it's a decent enough three D platformer collectathon thing. It's not as in depth a collectathon as say Banjo Kazooie etc. That sort of thing are. Um, it's cute. It's colourful. I didn't have anywhere. I didn't have any of the glitches that I've seen people posting about, like characters loading in in T pose and and stuff like that. I didn't have any of those. Um, and there's just enough in the demo that I kind of want to see what's in the rest of the game. So yeah, I had fun with it. So so you re- you remain intrigued despite the yes the overall. I think tepid response. I think it would be fair to describe it as. I mean, I can't deny the fact it is an incredibly simple game. Um, the best comparison I can think of is one that you will uh, you will definitely understand. Will New Super Lucky's Tale? Uh-huh. It isn't a complicated three D platformer collectathon. Uh-huh. Um, it's not really doing anything massively new, but it was yeah. just an enjoyable little romp. That's what Balan Wonderworld is like. Okay. Well, that makes it sound more interesting to me than it than it sounded from what people are saying from their impressions of the demo. So that's a good thing, I guess, for them and for Square. Um, uh, we're, we're shortly going to move on to all of the nonsense because inevitably there has been a whole 
batch of nonsense, as there always is before we record. But just before we do, can we talk about that special edition Monster Hunter Rise Switch? It's which beautiful. I think is is yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's black and gold, which is like my fucking aesthetic. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm living. I, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't need a switch, so I'm not going to buy it. The only thing that the only thing that would make me buy a switch is, and it's very unlikely, if they were to do, say, a bravely default. Oh, okay. Or a or bravely a, second switch. Or the world ends with you. What? Like if they were to do like a switch for those, I'd be like fucking okay. might. What about the fancy new Pro Controller, though? It is pretty, but I don't need a Pro Controller. I'm really tempted to get the Pro Controller, even though it wouldn't be my choice, and I don't really need a Pro Controller, but I know it could literally just buy it and in, like, five years' time sell it for something approximating ten years the cost, ten times the cost because it's boxed and it's never been used. Because those those special edition pro controllers are only ever around for a short period of time. Because mm. um, in fact, recently I I was looking at buying a new controller. Um, I ended up buying one from Power A, just as a stopgap until I could be reunited with one of my pro controllers. Because I went and looked on Nintendo's website, and the only pro controller I could get was the standard grey pro controller. <laughs> and I was like. I don't want to spend all that money on something that looks boring. <laughs> Fair enough. And it is a strange thing. We have all these Joy-Cons that are available, but but Pro Controller-wise, um, we get special editions come and go, and we can typically only buy the, the boring dark grey one. I don't know. It's a thought. I find it strange. Um, so should we, should we start moving on to some of the nonsense um, and working our way through it? Um, WB Games have announced they're planning on having a live service focus on their games going forward. Good for them. It worked for the Avengers. <laughs> it works so <laughs> well. <laughs> Lordy. Just, oh. uh, the thing is, WB Games aren't the best anyway. I mean, like, a lot of people have forgotten, but the sheer monetization they put into the mid- second Middle-earth game to the point that it broke the game and they had to readdress all of the balancing when they removed them is like they're not a great company to begin with. Oh god, that's that's in my backlog, the second middle earth game. No, you're making me scared. Oh no, they fixed it. They fixed it. Okay, they, fine. They, fine, they, fine. Basically they are under under massive pressure. They were forced to remove the sheer fucking amount of microtransactions in that game and they had to rebalance it. Very similar to what happened with Battlefront 2. Um live service is great if done well, terrible if done badly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we've definitely, I think, got a lot more of the latter than we have of the former. Yeah, probably. Um, it, I mean, the thing that makes me worry is is I think we've all been waiting to see what um, Rocksteady are up to. Fall under the WB Games publishing umbrella. What they do in oh. Suicide Squad? Yeah, they're they're working on the new Suicide Squad game, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not. Is, does that mean it's going to be live service? I have no idea. Terrifying if it is, because like when I think of the games that are good that are live service, they are usually free to play, or free to start, shall we say? Like yeah. Warframe, Warframe yeah. and stuff like that are very good games, 
and of good live service games. The amount of live service games that are a full price game with a live service thing. Well, they're, they're, low, they're at least low cost games. Yeah, if they're not if they're not hmm. free to start there. Thinking of your full guys and the like, which we've already discussed, you know, a low cost yeah. game that's going to continually iterate and, and change hmm. over time. It's just a worry um, because worst or best, depending on which way your perspective on this is, case scenario, it works out well for them and then other developers and publishers are going to follow suit. <sighs> I know. Just and as, that's, just and as that's my followed suit when microtransactions worked out well for one. Yeah. And wagon. And I say this as someone who um, I am, as, as people may have seen on Twitter, I'm playing through, I'm making some more progress on my Assassin's Creed playthrough at the moment. And I've literally just hit the game where all of a sudden I have levels in Assassin's Creed and I'm told that I can buy EXP boosts and things in Assassin's Creed. And I'm just like, oh God, this is making me cringe so much that I can suddenly see all of these microtransactions just creeping in. Is that Origin? Do that. No, I'm before Origins. I'm on Syndicate. Oh, okay. Which so is okay. the Victorian one. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't there play. There were microtransactions in the one before that as well. Unity, which is the Paris one. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I'm just like seeing... I just don't want that to happen to games again with live service. It would just be... No, shit. but I mean, there, there have been a lot of quite high-profile failures in the live service arena. So I'm not sure that developers and publishers are going to see it immediately as a gold rush like they did with microtransactions. Mm. Yeah. Um, I still think it's going to be seen as a quite risky proposition for a lot of developers. It's so interesting as well because you look at uh, look at a developer-publisher like Nintendo, uh, the one that we often hold up as the, the golden child of, of gaming. Um, they will ship a game like Splatoon 2, which is very arguably a live service game, but a game that is complete and engaging and and everything to start with. And then they just add shitloads. Mm-hmm. Um, that appears to be a model of live service that does work. Yeah, which is... Let's make something complete and compelling and then we'll continue adding to it to continue bringing more and more people in. Which is a great way of going if you are launching a full price game rather than the full mm-hmm. price game and then you've got to buy stuff season passes, season passes et cetera, like. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike the you know, whereas if you go with a free to play model, then yes, the season you know, you've got to make money somehow. So that's I guess it also it, it yeah, I guess it also comes down to that Nintendo model of they're incentivizing yet more people to buy the game by keeping it popular. So they're going to continue selling more full-price games, whereas any other developer will now, at that point, be selling half-price, third-price, quarter-price games. Um, because they're just not selling them at the same price anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, you know, I think to an extent there's no harm in having cosmetic things for sale if people want to buy them, so long as it doesn't give you, mm-hmm. an, you know, it doesn't have an impact or you know, it's not a it's not a play to win scenario. Um, I mean, I also don't I don't necessarily mind pay to pay to win in the terms of I'm going to pay to get this really good piece of gear rather than grinding for it. Like if someone chooses to pay for that rather than grind for it, more for them. Um, when they could go and collect the resources and whatever, 
just as long as you don't make it too hard to actually get in the game that you've literally bought in the first place. Mm. We shall or, see. We or shall you, see of course, are offering of things games. on a pay service that you can't get in the non-pay service that gives you a, a completely yeah. unfair advantage. Yeah, that's rubbish, for sure. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, what, what comes out of WB Games. Um, speaking of... Another company that continues to have a shit time of it, CDPR. Let's let's have this be our weekly CDPR slot. Yeah, they do. That like I, someone did say when they were putting something in the CDPR thing. I did actually mention the podcast, and I did say CDPR are honestly the gift that keeps on giving in terms of content for the podcast. <laughs> That's so true. Like almost every week, there is something. Mm. And this week we've had the the joyous, the joyous introduction of a game breaking bug in a patch to fix some of the other bugs, not even all of the other bugs. <sighs> Ruben is literally face palmed on camera. I I watched the video. I watched the video of this bug and it basically just locks a dialogue, a compulsory dialogue. So the a character that is supposed to ring you and give you your next objective and basically just continue pushing the story along, he rings you and then his little thing appears like because it's like voice phones. Oh, no, not voice phones. Those are phones. <laughs> um, video <laughs> phones in the top left-hand corner, and his character just stares at you and says nothing. Oh. <laughs> and you're just stuck there forever. And I'm like, well, that's a good bug to introduce while you're trying to fix other ones. Um, that's a story it, mission as well, so you just, you're just stuck. It just sums everything up, doesn't it, about this whole debacle. <sighs> excellent. Absolutely, absolutely excellent. They did get a fix out for it very, very quickly, though. Not that the bug should have been there to begin with, but at least they did acknowledge it and get a fix out like within days, like two days. Yeah. They didn't just go, ah, oh, just wait for the next patch in a month's time and we'll have it fixed. <laughs> I don't think at they can. Like, no, it, no, probably not. Yeah, no. Their like... uh, reputation is, is, is in the mud. Yeah. Ah, oh, beautiful. What great company. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. As is the fact that they are, of course, now facing more class action stuff not another one oh for god's sake i can't honestly i can't stand this and i think that's all we need to say about the class action to be fair um most disappointingly at all we can't have sex with keanu reeves i mean that that disappointing for you mark i don't know i mean have you seen keanu reeves (laughs) you don't know (laughs) you don't know if you would fancy sex with keanu reeves or not yeah that's what i said (laughs) <laughs> and we'll leave that there um, answers on a postcard to at mjames84 it is at mjames84 isn't it mjames underscore 84 underscore 84 if you want to work out whether or not he would with Keanu Reeves um, there also appears to be a bit of a fuss this week this fortnight over um, vicarious visions being um, brought ever more under the the blizzard umbrella the the 
mighty developers behind the if I'm not mistaken, behind the Crash Trilogy remaster and Tony Hawk's remasters. Mm-hmm. This, is, yeah. this is a concern. Go on, Mark. I was going to say this is... I, I see this as less of a concern. I don't know. They are a studio... Don't get me wrong, they've put out some excellent remasters and remakes... But that is primarily what they have done for a long time. Remakes and remasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and although it's not been announced specifically what they're doing for Blizzard, the strong rumour is that they are doing a remake slash remaster. So it doesn't really change a huge amount other than the company that they're making the remakes and remasters for. <laughs> Who are in fact still a company within the... And they're the still a company within structure the... structure of the companies that they exist within. Yes. Admittedly, they're being oh, sort of absorbed as part of Blizzard, but it does, um, you know, the rumor is that they're doing a, a remake slash remaster of Diablo 2. Which presumably uh, fleets your boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, this remake slash remaster was taken off the team internally at Blizzard that royally fucked up the Warcraft 3 remaster. <laughs> So in many ways, it's only a good thing. So maybe advisedly take it. Yes, I think possibly so. That's fair. I mean, my only concern is Activision Blizzard are a shitty company. But they were already all part of Activision Blizzard. This isn't isn't a new ownership of Vicarious Visions. They've just been moved somewhere else within the organisation and possibly renamed to be part of Blizzard. I'm not sure on that front, but... Well, let's let's move on. Talking about uh, not necessarily shitty companies, but talking about, I think, the biggest fuck-up of the past two weeks. Xbox Live Gold and their pricing strategy. Or, well, or, la- or lack of strategy. <laughs> yeah, the lack of a strategy is probably more accurate. So they, they essentially tried to, in some cases, double the price. And then backtracked exception quickly and now are offering, are going to be offering at some unspecified date in the future um, that you'll be able to play multiplayer on free-to-play games without requiring Xbox Live Gold. I mean, that's just bringing them in line with everyone else. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the few things in which Microsoft were actually the shittest of the three. Um, because Nintendo have allowed free-to-play games to be played on their platform without requiring Nintendo Switch Online, and PlayStation has pretty much always been that. Because Final Fantasy XIV is not requirement; does not have that requirement mm-hmm. at all. Neither does Warframe. Uh, neither does like games just, like Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just bringing them in line. The, the concern is that they. If it, if it weren't for the backlash, they would have they would have just gone ahead with that price price hike. It's only the backlash that stopped that. And I think I like. appreciate I appreciate that thing of like we've not raised the price in however many years, but that doesn't mean you can suddenly raise the price by a massive amount without upsetting mm. all of your all of your customers. They are going to be pissed off. Yeah, more for you that you didn't raise the price for all this time. You have to lump it. Yeah, and the and to be fair, it's not as if the it's not as if they've seen how that didn't go particularly well for other people because Sony increased their price by twenty five percent and they got a massive backlash to that. They didn't 
back down on it, but they still got a huge backlash for increasing PS Plus mm-hmm. and reducing the amount you got from it. Sony, you cunts. I mean, I think it's fair to say that nobody ever wants to see a price increase in something that they currently pay for on a subscription basis. Yeah, which is but a, a double like, of if, the price. If you have a genuine, if you have a genuine inflationary price increase come along, I think people understand that that prices go up. Um, doubling it, you have a laugh, mate. Hmm. Um, one of the other people that 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 it's thought might be having a laugh is um, Nintendo. Um, the European Commission have started investigating Joy-Con drift. You mean the thing which Nintendo said doesn't exist? That yeah, mm-hmm. that thing. And yet, and yet, demonstrably fucking exists. Mm-hmm. I do not have a single Joy-Con, left Joy-Con specifically, that doesn't drift. It's always the left. Why is it the mm-hmm. left? It's the one you use the most, I guess. I guess. As, as an analogue thing. But yeah, I do not have a single left Joy-Con that doesn't drift. And yet, apparently, it's not an issue. I, I, have, you, to, I have to say, touch wood, I have not actually had a Joy-Con have this problem. But I do very rarely use the Joy-Cons. I mostly use my Switch docked, and I use a Pro Controller. So... I've been quite lucky on that front. But absolutely, there's, there is definitely an issue there that Nintendo need to have addressed or should have certainly addressed a long time ago and mm. and put their hands up, said, yeah, there's a problem here and put out a, a revised design for the Joy-Con. And it's just so strange. Like, I, There's not a revised design, which makes you think there's, they obviously have some issue revising design because I can't imagine they wouldn't revise the design if they could. Um. But in other territories, they properly have put their hands up. You know, in the States, you can send your Joy-Con in and they will repair or replace. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get the same in Europe. Um, admittedly, though, we have we have longer warranties in Europe, typically, um, than they get in the States. So they will still repair or replace anyway in many circumstances. But um, there's not been that same acceptance in Europe that we see in the States, at least. I just I I I don't get why we're four years in, and this isn't resolved. That's the thing that I find most stunning about this. This is they've known about this issue for four years. I yeah, it came up in the initial reviews, didn't it? It mm-hmm. like came up that long ago. I guess they thought they could just keep getting away with it. Then Nintendo, or I guess initially initially had a. I guess initially had had unanticipated what would happen in real life conditions, but then have done nothing to fix it. No. Um, I think we'll round out this session by uh, giving Ruben a chance to go on a bit of a rant, um, which I know our listeners absolutely enjoy getting to hear. Um so let's take a, a, a chance to talk about Ninja. Oh, fuck that person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, biggest stream in the world, undoubtedly. Uh, says, quote... Hang on, I'm I, thought, the tweet I thought that was you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm literally going to read the tweet word for word. Um, he says, It is not my job to sit down and make a video with all of my audiences and do a lesson on civil rights and how to not be a racist. I show that I'm a good person through my actions and how I treat people and those around me every single day. Ruby, rant away. 
absolute lies. If you if you show that you're a good person through your actions, then your actions should include the fact that you are a influencer and therefore it is part of your job to influence. That's the whole fucking word, you twat. So you saying, and he actually said in the interview that... If someone says, he actually said this, if someone said the N-word on his stream, it is not his responsibility to educate that person. What, I'm like, it fucking is. What you're forgetting, though, Reuben, is that he's an influencer to make money and telling people not to use bad words is not going to make him any money. I don't fucking care. Punt the cunt into the sun. Like... You block the one and you say to everyone else... Don't use that word. They've been blocked because that language is not acceptable. That is exactly what should be happening. Um, I mean... It doesn't mean mean you have to have a big civil rights lesson. But it means you have to say, this is not acceptable. And you know it's not acceptable. Yes. And you will not use it. I mean, the thing is, I agree with him that parents need to educate their children. That is, you know, that is one of the truest statements possible. There's there's Mm -hmm. a lot of education that needs to come from the parents. But... You have a responsibility to your community if you are a streamer. That is how it works. You cannot absolve yourself of that responsibility by saying, I'm a good person, not my job. No. You have chose this life, and this life is clearly doing well for you. Take responsibility. Mm-hmm. If you aren't calling it out, you are fostering a community that is okay with that. Therefore, no, you are not a good person. True words have never been Fuck spoken. off. Yeah, I would like everyone listening to just, just pause the podcast for a moment and just a round of applause for Mr. Ruben Mount. Uh, because that's bang on. Um, and with that, should we move on to something a bit lighter? Shall we move on to some backlog? I don't know. I think this is might it... this might lead to another rant. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is going to be lighter? <laughs> Let's see what happens as we play Backlog Bingo. I mean, I'm at least hoping there's going to be less racism. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> So, Reuben, uh, last time uh, Mark picked a game for you, um, and he decided that you would be playing from your backlog bingo card, Chibi Robo Ziplash. Thanks for that, Mark. You are more than welcome. Why don't you tell us how you? I mean, to be fair, you did put it on your backlog, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know how bad this was going to be. Okay, to start this, I'm going to have to tell you a little story. Um, back when the, nin- the new Nintendo 3DS and new Nintendo 3DS XL were due to be launched, uh, myself and my fellow editor over at Nintendo C were invited to an event in London to kind of preview the units, see how the faceplate thing worked, and play a few games that were due for release on the 3DS family of systems in the kind of coming months, of which one of them was Chibi Robo Ziplash. Um, we both played all of the games there. We had quite a lot of fun. Uh, I got some pictures, which I will send you both individually, that, if I find them, from that event, because it was really cool. Um, 
But we both played Ziplash and we both like, it's quite an interesting game, that one. Like, I, like because we didn't expect Chibi Robo to be transferred into a 2D platform, puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few months down the line, and he, because I was reviewing something else, he took that to review. And he did not like it. And I didn't understand why. I read his review and I was like, he's being a bit harsh on this. <laughs> um, I can sense where this is going. Fast forward <laughs> a few years on to now when it was selected for my backlog bingo and he was 100% right. Um, really, it's a basic puzzle platformer. There's not really much to it than that. You use your little zip thing to either attack enemies or attach yourself to little platforms to pull yourself up or grab coins from the air open boxes that sort of thing you gain powers and uh, and stuff like that later which which change the way the game plays or the way that your zip works but otherwise it stays mostly like that the problem actually no let's go problem number one with this game is that in between levels no actually at the end of a level you have to hit a ufo and there's a gold silver and bronze ufo and depending on which ufo you hit dictates the next thing in between the levels you have the levels on a kind of little circle with the six levels around it and there's six worlds the ufo tells you how many times you have you can spin the wheel and the wheel dictates how many spaces you move around this circle in each world. Right. So you have to land, you have to do all six levels before you can go to the boss. But if you roll, if you roll, it, let's just say you hit a bronze UFO and you only have one spin on the wheel and you roll the wheel and you land on a two instead of a one, but you needed the next level round. No, you have to go all the way around again. And you have to do the levels again as you're going round. Well, that sounds like a complete out of ball ache. You think? You can... I mean, it's, it sounds like a way to extend the longevity of the game without actually adding more content. However, there are two additional facets to this fucking mechanic that make it even more pissing annoying than it is... No, three. <laughs> three additional things that make it more pissing annoying than it already is. Firstly, you can buy plates to replace numbers on the wheel. So if you wanted, you could spend the money in the game to replace them all with a one, and then you'll get to the level you want, or whatever number. And And you can literally do each of the six levels sequentially. Yes. Or, because the plates aren't distinctive in cost, they all cost the same, if you wanted to go all the way around to where you are, you could just replace them all with a six. Because it costs the same as replacing them all with a one. That's annoyance number one with that mechanic, which is already shitty enough as it is. Number two, with the with this with this shitty mechanic, once you've done all six levels, a boss level appears in the middle, at which point it unlocks the boss roulette to get you to the boss. However, the boss roulette, when you open it up, is just the boss on all six plates. What the fuck was the point of having that roulette <laughs> when the only answer, the only thing it can land on, on that roulette, is the thing you need? <laughs> then thirdly, once you do all six levels 
and the boss and move on to the next world, you can revisit previous worlds and do the levels in whatever order you want without needing the roulette. So what the fuck was the point of that mechanic at all? It's needless. You could have you could have made I don't know, you could have made that the UFOs at the end of the level meant a certain number of points that you get for 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 winning the level. Like you didn't have to put such a stupid fucking mechanic in there and make it thrice fold more stupid than it already was. It's almost like they put uh, that mechanic there entirely to wind you up, Ruben. I don't get why it's there. You could remove that mechanic from the game and the game would go from like it would jump like three points in rating easily. At the, like based on just that one fucking infuriating mechanic, it is dragged down in my estimations quite considerably. And removing it would do nothing. It would change nothing. I just, it's uh, plus. Like, there's fucking... Oh, okay. You two will know what I'm talking about here when I say this. But if there's one thing that Nintendo have never been particularly great at, vehicle Uh. sections. The vehicle sections in this game are unmitigated bullshit. Are they better or worse than driving a warthog in Halo? I've not done that. (laughs) Couldn't tell you. But based on your rant, I would say roughly on par. So, like, they are like they are either powered by you, because Chibi Robo has two health bars, one which is running down with the energy he still has, like, is in, in watts, and the other one is life bar. So he has two life bars, for fucking whatever reason. And... You couldn't have combined them together in Nintendo. That wouldn't have made any sense, clearly. Um, but the, some of the vehicles are powered by Chibi Robo. So you lose a lot more wattage when you're using them. So like a speedboat or whatever. And then there's some that you are on and aren't powered by you. And if you manage to lose inertia, you game over immediately. So there's a surfboard one where you have to constantly be going over jumps to get, get your speed continuing. Because if your speed runs out, you die immediately. Um, Which is most annoying, because in the screen transitions, the loading screens, between one section and the next section, you lose so much speed in that section. And I'm just like, that's fucking not on. Um, But there's not been a single, so far, vehicle section that hasn't been horseshit it just controls it either controls really badly it's really well poorly implemented or is just fucking dull so as I understand it horseshit vehicle sections you may be forced to play multiple times over just because that's what's happened in in the roulette from how you've rolled things yeah (laughs) however I have to give credit where it is, though, and I do have two small bonuses, two small positives about this game, both of which are the reason why I continued playing it after four hours. I'm about 50% in, apparently. I've, I've done the first three worlds fully. One, when you recharge Chibi Robo, at the, that the plug socket's in levels or at the plug socket in your little spaceship thing, 
he plugs in his ass, which is great. Because the, because the charging cable is coming out of his ass and he just plugs it in. Brilliant. And he just like just points his butt at the plug. Brilliant. Great. So that that's kept you playing for longer. <laughs> that's one of the things. Second thing is that throughout the game, for reasons I do not understand, and there is even a warning as you load the game up about this, there are real-world food items that you can find. We're talking like Chupa Chups lollies and like Japanese sweets and stuff like that. You can just find these in treasure chests in the world. Uh, there isn't a reason for those. You give them to NPCs for for bonuses. Like, there's NPCs that are hidden throughout the world. One of which is incredibly fucking creepy, by the way. A doll that spins her head around 360 degrees. Fuck that. But um, you just give the sweets to them, the snacks to them. But the thing that has kept me going... This is the main thing, by the way. The plugging in the ass is a secondary thing. The, the main thing is that whenever he picks up a sweet, uh, a, a snack of any description... The most joyous fucking song plays, <laughs> and he does, and he just does a little dance. And the song, if you don't leave that menu, the song will just continually play and repeat, and he will keep dancing whilst holding this little sweet above his head. It's just the most delightfully joyous gaming thing ever. Um, and I would not have continued playing this game if not for that. Um, to any developers who are listening if you want Ruben to continue playing a game just put a joyous song in <laughs> seriously this song is I've got to send you this song after the podcast <laughs> like it is such like that that melody is so fucking upbeat that I was just like no matter how angry I was leading up to collecting <laughs> that treasure I was just like oh it's this is great <laughs> um, all is forgiven but yeah but yeah Jimmy Robo is a pile of shit and it has some really terrible design decisions. And it was incredibly divisive upon release in terms of review. And I now understand why. Well, there we go. A game that I think Ruben probably slightly regrets putting on his backlog and go. Um, so now it is my turn to be the victim. Um... I'm going to start, I told both of you this, but I'm going to start by actually very marginally revisiting the last Battle of Bingo game I played, which was Hollow Knight, um, to say, I said in that episode, I've listened back to that episode, and I said, I didn't know how long I would keep playing it for, but I would see. I have completed it. Um, So I'm just going to say Hollow Knight, thumbs up. Um, In terms of games I've still got on my list, uh, we have Dark Souls. Monster Hunter Generation Ultimate, God of War, Fortnite, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, and Ruben, it is your turn to uh, choose what pain or joy or who knows what is in store to inflict upon me. Okay, I ha- I, I did, I'm, I will admit, I did look through your list ahead of the podcast to have a think about it. Fair um, enough, I would have spent no less. And... I did not want to give you another game like Hollow Knight. So you are spared of Dark Souls Remastered for another time. Everyone on my stream can be exceptionally disappointed because the the game that I've constantly been alluding to that if it were picked I would play it on stream was Dark Souls Remastered. 
I'm now regretting my choice, but I'm going to stick with it uh, because <laughs> because I have I have designs for this. Um, the game that I want you to play is Fortnite. <laughs> okay. Because I've never played it either. And I reckon this would be a fun thing to play together. Famous last words. Mark, have you played Fortnite? I have played it once, very briefly. But not really. Quiz, quiz, play Fortnite. Um, coming soon to a podcast near you. I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I've, you know, I put it on there because I'm interested to see it as a game that has had such... You know, it's it's run away with itself, and I'm interested to see if there is any substance to it, um, why it's managed that, or if it's just an addictive piece of shit. And we will find out over the next two weeks, I guess. So tune in in two weeks' time, um, and you can hear my thoughts about Fortnite, and it sounds quite possibly Ruben's thoughts about Fortnite as well. And maybe Mark's thoughts about Fortnite. <laughs> we will see. So that was Backlog Bingo. Um, I thought it'd be nice for us to end with some, some nice stuff. That's why we kind of did all of the shit before Backlog Bingo. <laughs> let's end with some nice stuff. Um, let's start with uh, the PlayStation Plus games for February, which have been announced, which here in Europe at least are going to be uh, Destruction All-Stars for the PlayStation 5, um, Control Ultimate Edition for the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, and Concrete Genie for the PlayStation 4. What do we think of this month's selection? That's a great selection of games. I think mm. yeah. I think going back to the original PlayStation 5 reveal when Destruction All-Stars was announced, I think one of the things we all agreed was that this didn't look like a full-price game. This looked like something... Similar to Fall Guys uh, and Rocket League before it, where mm-hmm. it would fare much better if it was a PS Plus launch game. And lo and behold, six months later, here it is. Yeah, I'd imagine we're probably all going to give it a, a try. I definitely wouldn't have given it a try as a full price if release. I'd have to spend no. fifty quid to go and to go and do so. No, I wouldn't have bought this, but I am glad that I do get to give it a try. For sure. And con- Control, a slightly controversial choice in some ways amongst some people. One of Mark's games of the year, was it not? Uh, it was one of my games of... Games two- of the generation. Games of the- yes, it wasn't game because it came out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah, excellent game. I can kind of understand people being a little bit annoyed if they've just gone out and bought the Control Ultimate Edition full price, especially if they did that to get the next-gen upgrade. Um I can also see that after all of the uh, kind of controversy over that whole upgrade thing, that this was sort of a sneaky workaround to enable people to have it on next gen for free without <laughs> actually having to fix have it on next gen for free on on, on PlayStation on PlayStation five, at least. Let's yes. be clear because on I you know I had someone point this out to me in a in a Discord server the other day. They said, "Oh, it's available on it's available on Game Pass. Why don't you just buy it, play it on Game Pass?" I I put my hand up as one of the people who, who has bought Control Ultimate Edition, but I bought it in the sales. I paid probably less than half price of what the full price would be. 
um, in the sales over Christmas, and I'm still fine with that. You know, I thought it was a fair price. Um, someone said to me, why don't you play it on Game Pass? As far as I understand, it's not the ultimate edition in Game Pass. No, it's, it's not. It's the, the base game, edition. yeah. So you're not going to get that upgrade for free? No, not on it. With Game not Pass. Not on Game Pass. But certainly if you're a PS Plus subscriber, which I you know, thoroughly recommend, it's uh, if you've got a PlayStation 5, especially, because you get that nice PS Plus collection. Um, it's a great game. Go for it. Everyone should give it a go. I will do. And also, as I understand, it makes sense to drop it in February. Um, from what I've seen when I looked it up, it seems that the, the next-gen patch is coming on the 2nd of February is when it's scheduled to land. Yeah. So that that seems to be why it's in this month. You know, the next-gen patch is going to be out for control. Certainly, I'm planning on, you know, it's been sat in my backlog. With the next-gen patch, it's probably going to be time for me to, to give it a whirl. Excellent. And, also and Concrete Genie, Genie looks great. It yeah. does. Have any of us played Concrete Genie? I, I played it very briefly, I think, at EGX. EGX. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we all played a demo together at EGX at some yeah. point. Uh, but I also believe that it's a PSVR game. So I think I will give it a go in PSVR when I've uh, finally moved home and I can unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Your PSVR. It is. And one of our friends, Mark, I know I saw was saying... He enjoyed it on PSVR, but thinks it's it's still good in on PSVR. So, again, it's one of those I probably wouldn't have dipped on it, but I'll I'll give it a try for free, sort of. Yes, indeed, for free, sort of. Yes, yeah. Uh, also, we've just heard what next month's Xbox Live games of gold are going to be: um, Gears Five remake, Dandara. Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb and Lost Planet 2. Let's just be clear, that's not Gears 5 remake, that's Gears 5 and the Resident Evil remake. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, Ruben's literally just written remake in the in, in the the rundown and that's what I've read. So I used my own It's Resident Evil that. remake as in as in the Resident Evil version of the original game that was originally released on GameCube. Yes. Um, and has since been visually upgraded. Yes. Um I mean, Gears, I don't have any interest in Gears as a franchise at all. Uh, Remake is great if you haven't played it, which I think absolutely fucking everyone and their cat has by this point. Um, I've heard such good things about Lost Planet, the Lost Planet series, though. So that might be one that I'm going to have to try out. That was a 360 game originally, right? I'm sure I played the original Lost Planet game, but I do not remember it. (laughs) I think it's good, but not necessarily memorable. Yeah, because there was three games in the franchise, wasn't there? And the franchise just hasn't done anything since. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, And I've heard good things about Dandara. That name rings a massive bell with positivity in my head. (laughs) Um, But I think Dandara's been on everything at this point. So if I would have played it by now, I would have played it. Well, and I think this is also always the interesting thing about Xbox Live Games of Gold, isn't it? Is that some of these games are available on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, such anyway, as Gears 5 so as I know we are all all Game Pass subscribers so we could go and play Gears 5 if we if we so wanted yeah I mean this just means I'm going to need to get my Xbox out of storage at some point um, because there's just too many games coming to Game Pass that aren't on PC mm-hmm. yeah. um, so I'm going to need to do that at some point I might put my GameCube away, as sad as it is. I've not played my GameCube since I got it out of storage, so 
I feel sad for your GameCube. I love it, but I just there's nothing I want to play on it right now. Could it not just sit there on a shelf without any wires attached, looking beautiful and purple? Have you seen how big the PS5 is? <laughs> <laughs> that's taking up a shelf yeah. on my shelving unit on its fucking own. I don't have space. That that's a fair point. Um, so finally, moving on from uh, a games set of releases in in xbox live games of gold that includes some resident evil we had the resident evil showcase since we last recorded uh reuben i look to you as our resident resident evil fan that there was a lot of resident in there tell us about the resident evil showcase Okay, so, I mean, I won't lie, I was initially disappointed. It's only since I've thought back and I've just thought, actually, that was quite a good thing. Uh, firstly, they showed a new trailer and some first gameplay for Resident Evil Village. It's not Resident uh-huh. Evil 8, despite how fucking clever Capcom seemed to think they are with the logo. It's Resident Evil Village. Um, and we got to see giant, tall vampire lady, which mm-hmm. the entire internet is horny for at the moment, which is good. Um, and she's great. And they're equally horny for her daughters as well, so that's good. Um, I mean, we know the game. We always knew the game had Ethan returning, the protagonist mm-hmm. of Final, Fan- uh, Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> no, Resident <laughs> Evil Seven. Um, God, what a game crossover that would be! Um, although it'd be unthreatening entirely to play that as Cloud because he's fucking superhuman, isn't he? But imagine playing it as Kate Sith, though. Oh, that'd be like the Tofu mode in Resident Evil 2. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so they showed Resident Evil Village. They gave the release date, which I've already forgotten. Um, it's April, I think, isn't it? Something like that? Yeah, it's not too far away. It's really not too far away. So clearly the game is mostly finished. Um, as well as that, they released the demo. Uh, like they did with Resident Evil 7, they've released a demo called Maiden onto the PlayStation Store, which I have not played yet. Um I've been playing other things, but I will play because um, it, it it was basically it was designed the same way beginning hour was for seven to kind of introduce you to the world and the way that this game is going to work. Uh, Resident Evil 8 already looks a lot more gothic than seven. Seven was a lot more um, run down rural Louisiana, whereas this one is like gothic castles. So it's going looking a lot more, more looking more classic Resident Evil. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's round about Resident Evil Four is where I'm kind of placing this in terms of its aesthetic. That sort mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. those like grandiose castles in in like far flung European uh, locations. Um, so as well as that, as well as Resident Evil Village, they also showed a little bit more of the Resident Evil uh, Netflix animated series, which I am very fucking interested in. The one that has Leon and Claire in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be fucking watching that. It's going to happen. Um, I'll give that a good watch as well. Yeah, it just it looks good. Uh, they revealed, and I'm going to end on the good one, so I'm going to go with the shit one first. They revealed a crossover with The Division 2. Ugh. Yeah. Because what we all wanted was some Ubisoft brought into yeah, we want... Resident Evil showcase. Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. And not only that, but a Ubisoft game that's now three years old. Um, that is the not weirdest decision for a crossover. Yeah, why why not put it into a game that's due to come out or is currently out? Like, could you imagine if they did a Resident Evil a Resident Evil crossover with Fortnite? Say, that would have been so much more popular than The Division Two. 
But what do or I? Or you can you can now dress as a zombie in Fall Guys. Yeah, a zombie and and just give like a stars beret for like for like yeah. Jill Valentine. Like it would have been great. Like just the Division Two just seems like a really weird choice. However, the final announcement was one that I was very, very, very fucking unhappy about um, because it was geared up as the kind of celebration of Resident Evil. There's going to be more, apparently, but this was the big one. Resident Evil Reverse, um, which mm-hmm. is as coming as an add-on to Resident Evil Village, like uh, Resistance was for Resident Evil 3 Remake. And it's a PvP battle royale um, set in locations throughout the series. Uh, with characters throughout the series as the playable characters. And I saw this and I was initially like, nah, fuck this as an announcement. However, I applied for the beta and I got onto the beta and I've been playing Resident Evil Reverse and it's actually quite good. Um, <laughs> I don't... And this is presumably that this is their games as service yeah. offering within within this 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 generation of Resident Evil, as it were. Yeah, this is their, free, their, so. what they're hoping will be their cash cow. With microtransactions and season passes and whatever. Yeah, and the thing is, it's quite good. Um, I don't like PvP, so therefore the game's never going to be for me, but I have played a bit of it, and I really like the unique things it's doing with that, with, with that sort of mechanic, that sort of setup, that are very Resident Evil. So, like, the first one that comes to mind is you have to be killed twice before you respawn. Mm-hmm. If you, because you start as your choice of the survivors, so there's like the, the class, there's like Leon and Claire and and uh, Leon and Claire and Jill and Chris Redfield and and stuff like and uh, Ada Wong. Um, but when you die, when you're when you die, you mutate into a BOW, and then you've got that life that you can continue. You can still continue to hunt down people as the BOW. Oh wow. Um, cool. It's when you're killed as the BOW that you respawn as the survivor again. Um, and which BOW you turn into is obviously restricted because demo, but which BOW you turn into is from a selection that is based on how many T virus samples you pick up before you die. Okay. So I think it's up to a maximum of four. If you've got four, you become the super tyrant, which is the most powerful BOW in the demo, uh, in the beta. But like, depending on how many vials of the t-virus you have dictates which mutant you turn into and each survivor and each mutant all have their own different abilities and different strengths and weaknesses so it's just there's a lot it's a lot more intricate than i was expecting it to be i was expecting it to be a really cheap cash in but it's clear that they've at least thought about it a little bit i seem to remember it always feels watching the it's got quite a unique aesthetic as well yeah it's kind of they've gone for a kind of comic book aesthetic yeah which you can turn, which you could turn off in the menu. You can turn that off if you wish to. But I think it makes it look really good in motion, mm-hmm. despite how not great it looks aesthetically. Um, because of the because of they've gone for this visual design, it actually really works. Um, so does it almost does it almost sound like it's it's are Capcom looking at the popularity of games like Dead by Daylight and wanting to kind of bring a bit of a a bit of that kind of survivor hunter mechanic into their game? No, they did that with Resistance. Okay. Because uh, Resistance was uh, a five-player experience where one player is playing as a kind of architect that can place okay. enemies, etc., and set off traps, and then the other four were playing as survivors that had to team together. Sure. Um, that's much more my speed. 
I much prefer co-op gameplay than I do competitive. That sounds like quite a lot of fun, actually. What resistance? Yeah, I would really recommend it. It's a it's packed in with Resident Evil Three Remake, um, but I'd be happy to play it if with with either of you if you were to get it. But Resistance is really fun. I um, Reverse is still fun, but I find it less fun because it's not really my it's sort much of game. Out and out PvP rather than yeah. rather than some kind of team mode. But I came third in one of my matches. So that's not bad. Out of how many? Uh, eight, I think, per match. Yeah. Okay. Another round of applause for Ruben. Why, thank you. I mean, I came third only because I got so many revenge kills. Um, <laughs> because the game gives you additional points if you kill the last person to have killed you. So constantly I was just like mutating into the beast, then clouting the person who killed me. Um, Ruben yeah. going and clouting the person who killed him. Who would have thunk it? Uh, and on that bombshell, um, I think that about wraps her up for episode 11 of Quiz at Play. Um, you can, as ever, find us on Twitter at Queers at Play. Um, you can join us on Discord, which is discord.queersatplay.com, which I actually got right this episode. Um, and if you really, really wanted, you could email us at um, queersatplaypod at gmail.com. We really want an email. Um, we haven't had one. Yes, yeah, we haven't us, had an email. Send, send us, us some emails GIF or something. Oh, a GIF would be amazing. Yeah. That'd be fun. Okay, cool. Um, I've been well. Uh, Ruben has been Ruben. Unfortunately for you. And Mark has been Mark. Bye. <laughs> um, and we'll catch you all again in two weeks' time when would have turned into Fortnite obsessives who are trying to rival Ninja as, as the biggest streamer on Twitch. He's not even on Twitch anymore, is he? He's on Facebook. But there we go. If I start buying V-Bucks, you, sh- you are more than allowed to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs>